This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi guys, and welcome to episode two of the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your host, at my coach Ben and Lucy Davis Fit. So I don't know why I just said that there. I think I feel like I'm on Instagram. I need to get all this Instagram malarkey of living my life by Instagram. I even when I was paying for something the other day, I said, "Can you double tap this?" You know when you're supposed to put your phone on and honestly use your screen. I was like. Instagram's taken over my life. It has completely. So today's episode is all about binge eating. Now we are not experts in the field, nor are we claiming to be on the topic of binge eating. But as a pair of individuals who have suffered with binge eating for over two years, I've suffered for two years full on. It's like it's been, it's a been journey. very sporadic. Yeah, it has been a journey. And Ben also studies psychology at university, so human behaviour, which we'll probably talk more to you about in a second anyway and we have both helped hundreds of people overcome it since and we wanted to share our personal experiences really and help anyone who is suffering with binge eating even if you only take one thing away from today's podcast at least it's a step for you in the right direction as Lucy was saying we are not experts in the field of developing like human behavior and saying that this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do this is our personal experience and sort of a tip list as well of if you struggle with binge eating these are some of the things that you can implement immediately to help get away from that and it's something that we're going to go into more detail with because it's not something that is going to stop overnight it's going to be a process and we're here hopefully this episode will help you a little bit. Yes, so first things first, we're going to dive in with more so some facts that we've actually got from the NHS because like we said, we're not scientists, we're not researchers, so we do want to give you some evidence behind binge eating in general. Now, binge eating disorder involves regularly eating large portions of food all at once until you feel uncomfortably full and then often upset or guilty. So I think when you look at this, for me, like personally, this is something that I didn't even really realise was happening and I think a lot of people don't really realise. So to have a definition of it maybe or something that outlined would make you realise, oh shit, I am actually binging. (laughs) Because I think for a lot of people, they they think it's just a normal part of the diet and it becomes a normal part of the day. Yeah, it does completely. And binges are often planned in advance, not always. And Ben's going to talk to you about something else. Which... Hashtag cheat meal. <laughs> yeah, hashtag cheat meal. Um, but people may go out and actually buy special binge eating foods. I know when I did it, I honestly used to buy so many packs of biscuits. Do you know what this reminds me of? And it, to be fair, he didn't binge eat, but he's just funny. Like, if you ever watched um, a programme on BBC, like, a couple of years ago, I think it was called Teenage Bodybuilders. There was a guy, yeah, and this was all, this this was, I remember, because the clips all over Facebook, and literally this was his diet, a fish and a rice cake. Oh my God, then yeah, had, fish and a rice then cake. Then I had some more fish and another rice cake. And in the afternoon, I had some more fish and another rice cake. And if you've not seen this, by the way, I apologise. Yeah, well, you, you can YouTube <laughs> oh the clip. But he used to basically buy 
uh, a chocolate bar every day from the shop and he'd put it in a um, a basket in his shelf and he took the basket one day and it was just full of hundreds of bars like but that was his self-control so he'd buy it in terms of like mentally satisfying himself but wouldn't he see for me that'd be a killer because I'd delve in there but that was his strategy now with binge eating it can happen with both men and women of any age and you can start having the binge eating disorder but it typically starts in the late teens or early 20s so when I first started doing it I was actually 20 and Ben was I don't know, mine, mine was a couple of years back and as I said, I didn't really know I was doing mine um, until having a conversation with someone and mate was like, you, you, you binge eating with your habits and stuff that you're getting into, so I couldn't even pencil the time or an age when it started happening. Yeah, I think it is different for every single person and as Ben said at the start, there are so many kind of realisation moments that you can have and some of the symptoms Again, these are researched. You may have a few of them, you may not have all of them, but whatever it is, we still wanted to share them with you. Now, the main symptom of binge eating is eating very large amounts of food in a very short period of time, often in an out-of-control way. And then also, you're very fast during this time. Basically, you just eat the food and you don't even recognise that you've eaten some of the foods. You feel uncomfortably full. You eat when you're not hungry. Eating alone or secretly, which was probably one of my biggest ones. Mm-hmm. I used to hide away from everyone in my room at uni. And then also feeling depressed, guilty, ashamed or disgusted after the binge. Now, we wanted to share those with you because you might think you have been eating disorder and you don't. Or you may think you don't have it and you do have it. So this, I think, massively for most people, most people don't even realise that they may have it because it's coated by a label called a cheat meal. And this is something that I was very much in the culture of like a couple of years ago, and this is how it stemmed for me because I'd binge it on weekends, which is what happens for a lot of people. I'd work out and diet even harder through the week to try and combat that, which I think is what a lot of people do and why people lag with progress. I was really, really hard on myself to get in shape, and this is where it comes back to my personal experience now, how binge eating really stemmed for me and crept up on me and I just craved so much shit for the week because it was so restrictive that I'd get as much in at the weekend as possible to try and satisfy that. It might sound pretty messed up but it is a horrible cycle to try and break and in the end that, that was it for me because I knew it was what was holding me back both personally in terms of my body shape but also as a coach it was it was hard it was shameful because I was supposed to be like this fit healthy guy who's promoting fitness and I myself was struggling with with binge eating and I think it's difficult because people get forced within society and told right you should be having this you should be having that you should be having chicken salads being fit or healthy and and being happy about it which just isn't the case I was doing it maybe once per week so for that that doesn't really count as binge eating but let me tell you it absolutely absolutely does does because that's where it stemmed from and I, I actually remember being downstairs one night when nobody was around and eating until I was just uncomfortably full that's when the next part hits you then, of like that, that feeling of being uncomfortable, like Lisa was saying before, feeling depressed, feeling guilt, feeling ashamed. Even more so because I think I knew the next day, right, I can't eat anything now for like a full day or I'm going to have to really, really cut my calories back, which is what a lot of people do. Starvation. And then what happens with that after that? You follow up with another binge. So you go another day again without eating. It sounds stupid, but that's how you get into that cycle. It leads to that, what was is known as a binge cycle because 
when you undereat and then you maybe have a little bit the next day, that then obviously sets your appetite off massively. And it's also going to start throwing off your circadian rhythm and also throwing off where your leptin and ghrelin levels are and your appetite. So you never really get into like a good habit and routine of, of eating. It, it, get, it leads to like a feeling of almost helplessness and you can't do anything about it because you can't stop. For me, again, being a person of like of influence and coaching, mentoring people with a diet, it was something that I, I kind of felt like I was an imposter at the time because I was doing stuff myself that I was trying to advise other people not to do. Very contradictive, wasn't exactly, it, yeah. at the time. Now, my experience is a little bit different considering that I came from a very sporting background because I used to be a swimmer. Go back to episode one and catch mm. up if you haven't. Get a bit of background. So I did used to be a swimmer. Obviously, when you're in a performance sport, nutrition is key. But ours was so regimented and it was so strict. And that's how I'd been brought up. So from the ages of pretty much 12 to 18, my nutrition was bob on. It was really, really good. But that's because we had nutritionists and we had our body fat stuff. We were told to do that. And then when I stopped swimming when I was 18, I moved straight out and I went to uni. So it was kind of that shock anyway of moving away from my parents, moving out of my family home starting to do absolutely everything for myself so the cooking and everything like that and it was more so a shock to my system when I first went to uni I was in a very difficult stage with my body I had very very bad body dysmorphia I didn't have a lot of confidence so I'm 22 I don't know if you all remember when there was that period of the thigh gap of every single girl wanting the thigh gap that was me and I wanted to oh, be oh there's still people put that out there now <laughs> that's what drives you mad are those dickheads who targeting the thighs targeting the thighs <laughs> no you can't you, can't you categorically you. listen now cannot target your inner thigh gap so if you're following these people who are putting these stupid clickbaity workouts up to try and drag you in please unfollow them right now it's a little side note definitely that's where, the, that's where the institute workouts came up by the yeah, way yeah Ben's institute workouts so funny when I went to university I was very confused in nutrition and then that's when I started binge eating because I was very restrictive I was doing hell of a amount of cardio I was losing weight rapidly and I wasn't eating that much and then that's when the binge started because I was so hungry and I, I'd already cut all those foods out of my diet so when you cut those foods out of your diet anything you like like I honestly was having the most boring meals like literally the chicken and broccoli life and then when I had a taste of something like chocolate I just keep having a little bit more until I'd probably gone over by maybe a thousand calories and I was doing it twice a week at uni and I thought it was okay because of how much Ben's just eating some pickin mitts See, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do this in the past though because I just had bins out mad. So that's kind of like part of the point of the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's because of how I was feeling. I was like, I'm doing so much cardio, I'm doing so much exercise, but that's when you go into something called over-exercising to try and combat your binge. So say if I went over by a 1,000 calories, I would then cut back on my nutrition the next day, but I would do so much extra exercise to try and combat this. Obviously, as Ben was saying before you go back into something called the binge cycle because you're not eating enough food because you've binged previously and then the same thing will happen again that evening because you're so hungry. On, on, on that note, that's where okay, I... pick a mix. I got into something which... I didn't even know it was labelled this at the time because the next day I'd sometimes go in and just do like these thousand calorie workouts to try and binge, sign burn off what I'd had the day before. It's actually called non-paired bulimia mm -hmm. where you go in and rather than being sick the calories use exercise to try and get rid of them and that's where you create these negative associations with exercise because you use it as a punishment and not as a source of like making you feel good. 
and it creates those bad relationships not only with food but with exercise as well and that's why I got into a really bad pattern so that's something to look out for. We're going to move into a couple of our tips now that have helped us both personally and with, with clients get out of that cycle. If you feel like what we've gone over the start of this podcast like shit yeah that sounds like a bit of me I've, I've been there I've done that I'm doing that at the moment then these could just prove quite useful for you. I'll let Lucy dive in with the first tip. So tip number one is to tell someone, honestly, you will feel so much better than you did if you actually share your experience with someone. At the time, this is before I actually met Ben, I told my two best friends at uni because I needed to speak to someone and also they could tell that I was dropping weight quite rapidly because I was so secretive, I was so hidden in my room. I started to clock on, maybe you've had that as well, maybe a friend or family member has noticed. But when you actually open up to someone and feel you can talk to them, obviously it's a great thing to do, I would highly recommend doing that, that's why it's tip number one. You can kind of share how you're feeling with them and then they will be able to help you, whoever you decide to open up to and I think it's a massive massive benefit and I think that, did the same I think obviously we've always opened up and said like if you want to email us or you want to message us about it feel free to do so on Instagram or Lucy on Instagram we'll always be happy to talk to people about it that's fine but I think it helps you spot things in terms of people are doing certain things well you may see someone who's got these habits or these traits that you feel right I think like they're binging and you maybe need to highlight that or be the person they could speak to about it tip number two that I'm going to give is reduction not banning stuff. In terms of this is more to do with food groups. So I feel like if you ban stuff from your diet and ban certain foods because you're told that they're unhealthy, straight away you're gonna make you want them more. And I always give this analogy that so. it's like when you're younger, when you have that friend who's lived down the road or your mum and dad tells you not to play with, like that kid's bad for you, don't go and play with yeah. Well the, the first thing that you go and do is you go and play with that kid down the road. Because mm-hmm. when you're told not to do something, or told not to have something, you do it anyway, and you're probably going to do it in abundance. So my biggest thing would be reduction, not completely banning stuff from your diet. Because there's something if there's something in your diet at the moment that's there, it's there for a reason. Because you fucking enjoy it. Don't be taking stuff out. Because I think that I feel like that's what people do with diets is they go right. That food's bad for me. That food's bad for me. Take it out, and then end up just binging on it anyway. So I think this kind of leads us into tip number three, which is. Stop sticking to calories and macros. I think this is so difficult, by the way. This one's really hard to implement. And this was the biggest one for me when I was in that binge eating cycle that helped me get out of it, but was really hard to commit to. And that's taking away calories and macros and going back to just eating, not having a diet. So you're going back to breakfast, lunch and dinner. And it allows you to get back into normality. And if you're not tracking calories and macros, you can't go over. So I think what most people do with binge eating is they go over calorie or macro nutrient allowance yeah. and then go, oh, fuck it, because mm-hmm. everything's gone out the window now, so I'm just going to have whatever because I've spilled over. Now it doesn't matter. And I picked up this analogy from Sohee Lee at that seminar we did, which he oh, said, yes, the tyre analogy, which is brilliant. And always remember this. So if you had a burst tyre on your car, you wouldn't then go round with a knife and pop the other three. And it's the exact same with binge eating or overeating just because you've slightly gone over why would you then make the situation even worse by eating thousands more calories stop think about what you're doing and and try and hold back a little bit yeah definitely so our final tip and it is something that is for some people and it's not for some people and we've done it for 
year and a half, two years mm. now, is intermittent fasting. Now, there are so many ways you can do intermittent fasting. We do the 16-8, even though we don't do it optimally, as in we don't tend to stick to the whole hours of the 16-8 fast. But we start eating at around... 12 o'clock so midday we will have our breakfast it's not the fact that we're skipping breakfast we just push it back to have it later in the day this means that you have more calories to play with at the end of the evening now at the moment we are both on a cut ready for australia which is really exciting and it does help people who are cutting because if you think about it and this is something that ben always always said to me before I started fasting when I really struggled with binge eating he was like you're not going to dive into the biscuit tin at 8am in the morning it's just not something that people do you're more likely to do it of an evening so with fasting because you do have more of your meals later in the day so for example for ourselves we'll have our breakfast at 12 we will have lunch around three-ish maybe and then we'll have a snack and then we'll have another meal and then we have dinner and by this time it's like eight or nine o'clock and you feel so full before you go to bed we know binge eating is a nighttime thing so when you do fast knowing in your head that you have more calories after work after the gym whatever it is made us feel so much better and that's the main thing is people become anxious and stressed when they're like oh shit i've only got a couple hundred calories left now to play with and then that's what leads them sometimes to overeating is that anxiety of only having a couple of hundred calories left to play with within that limit. And that's something why fasting is great because it gives you a bigger allowance of an even. There's no magic to it. It's as, it's as simple as that. And I think that's where taking away with tip three that I was saying before, taking away that calorie macro limit mm-hmm. and restriction on yourself means you can't go over stuff. So you never get anxious or feeling stressed about calories and macros because you don't have those barriers or those limitations there in the first place. So getting just back to normal eating is a, is a massive, massive help. And I know that some of these tips aren't quite as exciting as like a, a detox tea or a body booty cleanse <laughs> or anything like that. Life. Yeah, and all that kind of shit. But it will help you stop labeling food as good and bad. And it will help you get away from some of those restrictions that come from the binge eating cycle. Yeah, now at first, and I can speak on behalf of both myself and Ben because we ended up kind of helping each other mm-hmm. quite a lot. The binge eating episodes started to occur a lot less frequently, maybe, I don't know, three times per month rather than like two one times a week, which was absolutely amazing. And obviously for us, it was it was, it was kind of like life-changing really because we weren't going over our calories by ridiculous amounts. It was helping us feel more confident. It was making us happier when we weren't doing it. And then when you start feeling all these things, the happiness, your training is going well, you start seeing better body composition, maybe a reduction in your body fat percentage. That's what kind of motivates you to carry on because you are seeing the changes. And like I said in tip number one before, make sure you do speak to someone about it. Maybe it might be me and Ben. Yeah, so the reason why Lucy's mentioned that is because I think a lot of people think, right, I'm just going to stop. And it doesn't happen like that. It's not like a light switch that you can flick on and off. It's something like, as Lucy was saying, maybe once a week at the moment, then you may be doing it once a month, then it's once every couple of months and then before you know it you've stopped it's not going to happen overnight so don't think just because you haven't been for two weeks or four weeks because you do it once you're back into that cycle it's not it's just the case of it'll take a while probably to really overcome it and get away from it and that's where i was at because i'd completely got away from binge eating unfortunately 
I just thought. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this is the start of this year. I started suffering with something similar but slightly different called NES, which is nighttime eating syndrome. And I probably would have thought if you would have told me this or someone had told me, oh, I can't stop eating at night. It's just bullshit. You just need to stop eating and putting your hand from your so biscuit in your mouth. You. But it doesn't work. Like NES is a little bit different. So it's where you eat like I think twenty five percent or a quarter of your calories between certain hours of the night, maybe like twelve, one, two, three in the morning. And it's people who have trouble with sleeping. And you wake up basically at night at pretty much the same time every evening because it becomes habitual. And you smash a load of calories in basically. So I'd be down the biscuit tin, the wagon wheels. Be going for a mum's biscuits. The peanut butter. The peanut butter was a big one, <laughs> big one, and it's it's really difficult to get away from because you feel like you cannot physically go back to sleep unless you've ate something or had some kind of kind of satiety there. And then people lack appetite in the mornings. You don't have as strong as their eggs to eat the next day, and it really does interrupt your sleeping pattern and is an eating disorder which is a little bit different to binge eating because a lot of the time you don't even naturally know that you're doing it so I could sometimes wake up be half asleep and then it wasn't until like I climbed back into bed or maybe I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be thinking about what I'd just ate and it's really difficult because you don't even really taste the foods you don't even really get a lot out of it apart from adding hundreds of calories into your diet like it's not like with a binge if you're eating a day and it's like oh, it's actually quite nice that <laughs> you don't actually enjoy it because you because you're half asleep, you don't feel like you've got any satiety from it really. So this is something that I've really, really, really struggled with and it's difficult to get away from because it, it is something to, more to, to do with sleeping patterns and being a habit. And I think my top tips to, to take away from this one, if you feel like this is you and you're in that routine of NES or eating at certain stupid o'clock in the morning, the big thing for me was one, having water next to my bed so I could sip and fill up on. Two, I actually started putting out half a protein bar upstairs and just trying to eat half the protein bar to get rid of my satiety because I knew if I could eat something in my bedroom rather than down the kitchen, I wouldn't be surrounded by Jaffa cakes, wagon wheels, hobnobs, peanut butter, all the good shit. The other good thing is, this sounds absolutely weird by the way, and yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. I, us- I usually go and sit down when I have a wee now. So in the, in the night when you go to your toilet, I go, I go by the lady wee, yeah, because what it does is it, it kind of wakes you up a little bit, stops you. And think about what you're about to do. I know the other, other tips I've seen people give before is like try and brush your teeth, mouthwash, try and get that minty taste in your mouth. So then you, if you want to have something to eat, it tastes like it tastes shit. horrible. Yeah. So they're, they're probably my takeaways from it. As I say, I'm not an expert in it, but it's something that I've really suffered with. I'd say with that one though, it's probably really important if you've suffered with it for a long time to go and see a psychiatrist or a therapist of it because it's more to do with habits and routines and sleeping patterns as well, which is can be really, really hard to, to challenge and get away from. Yeah, for sure. So that actually brings us to the end of episode two of the Not So Fit Couple. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. It's obviously one that is... Quite a serious topic. It is a serious topic and it is quite difficult to talk about. It's taken us a while to be able to talk yeah. about it, let alone do it on a podcast. We just want you to know that there's loads of people who are there for you if you're maybe going through something like this. Make sure you subscribe to the Not So Fit Couple so you can hear. I was going to say, you like, watch more of our episodes. <laughs> I'm so used to being on camera. No. I think uh, the thing you can do is obviously, if this has hit home for you and you just feel like you need to talk to someone, if you are on our email list, we always you to reply to us and um, so I'll, I'll try and drop a link into or email us somewhere or alternatively drop me a message on instagram at my coach underscore ben or at 
at Lucy Davis underscore fit. You can drop either as a message. We'll be happy to have a chit chat with people because I know it's sometimes a difficult and embarrassing topic to talk about. But that wraps up episode two. And we'll catch you soon. Bye.